Amen. You know, we come here to proclaim God's goodness and to praise Him for the great things He's done. We also come here when we worship just to proclaim what we believe, the truths that we know that the God of the Bible is true and, and lives today. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we hope that you to join with us as we proclaim this truth this morning. In this time of desperation And all we know is doubt and fear There is only one salvation We believe We believe In this broken generation and all this dark you help us see There is only one salvation We believe, we believe We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection and He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith more than anthems Greater than the songs we sing And in our weakness and temptations We believe We believe We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ Crucifixion, we believe that he conquered death, we believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again. And that the lost be found, and the dead be raised, and the here and now, the love and rape, and the church lives on. But God will say, We believe, we believe, and the gates of hell will not prevail for the Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death, we believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back, He's coming back again.
marvelous is our Savior's love for us today. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, your grace that you have given to each one of us who have asked, Father. We just love you so much today. I pray, Father, that you will renew our hearts in a mighty way today. Change us through that grace and through the power of your love. And draw us close to you. Raise us up to soar like eagles. And let us let your Holy Spirit fill us today. Flow through this place in a great and mighty way that we haven't felt in a, in a while, Father. Just fill us with your presence and your love. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you're going to do in our lives, Father. We just extend our love to you today because of your love that you have bestowed upon you. For you are love. And because of you, because you first loved us, we can love. And we can share that love with others, Father. There's so many in the world today that need to, to feel that love that can only come from you. And we ask, Father, that you will uh, give us the, the courage, give us the strength, give us the ability to share that love with others that we come in contact with this, this week. And that, that they will sense your presence and that they will know 
how much you love them and how much we love them, Father. Be with each and every one of us as we, we go out and do your will. Let it be that we extend your love to those that we, we reach through this week. And Father, there is so many of our group that needs a, a healing touch from you. And today we come before you asking that you touch, for we know that you are the great and mighty healer. You are the great physician. And Father, we ask that you be with Carrie today as she continues to heal from her surgery. Lift her up and, and put your arms of comfort and love around her. And, and now with the news of her sister, Bonnie Marie, having the same cancer, we pray, Father, that you will touch her. And we, we pray, Father, that you will be with Bonnie Marie and give her courage and strength and, and the things that she needs to fight that battle. Battle. And we, we just ask that you be with that whole family. We pray you be with Jerry and, and all of his other children as they surround these two girls that, that are going through this cancer. Be with them today. Give them healing touch. Give them comfort. And Father, we continue to pray for, for Bobby. As he's now at home, but he needs to, to heal from that infection. So we just pray, Father, that your touch will be upon him and give him and, and Wanda a special uh, touch of encouragement and, 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 and strength, Father. Touch them. Be with them today. Be with their family as they are there with Bobby and as he uh, uh, continues to, to heal from this second procedure, Lord. We just ask this in your name. We thank you for uh, being with Mike as he was in the hospital and as he is back into the, the living uh, uh, home and that you will be with him and that you will strengthen him daily. And we, we pray for Deborah. We know that in the next couple of weeks she'll be going to see the surgeon again. They will set the date for her surgery. And we, we thank you for her spirit. We thank you for her her. Um, uh, knowledge of knowing what's going on and but mostly because she believes in you she trusts you that you will be with her through all of this and that you will take care of that the surgery that needs to be done to remove that tumor we pray father that you'll be with the surgeons as they do the work that needs to be done and father we we pray for those that are traveling those that are still away from home and and need to uh, to travel and we know that the roads are crazy right now but we just ask that you put your your uh, blessing upon each one that is on the road is traveling back home and wherever they may need to go we just thank you father for everything that you do for us here and now we just want to ask father that you help us as we search and and reach out for the new pastor that is coming we know that you already have the one in mind and we just pray that you have um everything in control and we believe in you and we know that the right person will come be with the leadership team as they work with the district superintendent on finding the a new pastor we thank you for pastor don who has stepped up and who is filling the spot these uh last months and we know that uh, he is a man of god and we want you to bless him as he breaks the bread of life to us today and now we ask as the ushers come that as we give our offering unto you, Father, that it'll be a, a, a time that we can give back to you a portion of all that you have given to us. We thank you, Father, for the blessings that you bestow upon us in, in 
the financial areas, but all the other blessings. But now as we give back to you, may it further the kingdom of God here at this church and around the world. And we just ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The only announcement I have for us today is that there is no service again Wednesday night, but then we'll get back on our regular routine and schedule after that. So uh, be mindful of that and be prepared for uh, an, a great blessing now as Pastor Don comes and shares with us. Thank you, Pastor Judy, and we appreciate her so much doing this last Wednesday night. And we're glad you're here today. Hope you had a wonderful Merry Christmas. Appreciated so much the unexpected uh, Christmas bonus. And I want you to know my wife's got a new iPhone. Which thank God that helped to pay for. And uh, we have some guests here this morning. I'm always glad to have guests here this morning. One of them is my lovely wife who has heard everything I ever had to say. And uh, so she kind of comes here but suffers through it because she's heard it all before. We're glad she's here. My oldest daughter, Amber, I call her my son, the only boy I had, is sitting over here with her husband, Brad. Brad was my uh, minister of music in Temple, Texas for 12, 12 years. 12 years he suffered through uh, my leadership and it was a great one. He's the only associate I never had any trouble with. I mean that. I just called his wife and she took care of it. And uh, so, and then their, uh, their sons, Preston, Braden, and Trenton, sitting over here. I think Preston might be going to Olivet. Brad and Amber are graduates of Mount Vernon. Jan's a graduate of Southern Nazarene University. We spread our fortunes around the uh, colleges of the Church of the Nazarene. And then another family that came from the clean church to get me in trouble is O.J., Glenna, Caitlin, and Jared Kendall. And uh, they're here today. And uh, O.J. is an Army man, a good one too. And he has served uh, in some dangerous places, of which I know that for a fact, and went there quite often. And uh, he's going to be retiring next year, and they tell me, can't believe this is true, but they tell me that they're going to move to Mich Michigan, the state of Michigan, upper Michigan. So they're a little unstable, and I'd be very, very careful getting too close to them. Uh, but just kind of keep your distance, and as you approach them, approach them carefully. But they're here today, and we're glad they're here. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about a subject, and uh, with the holidays and everything, we don't have an outline, so you won't be able to follow it up on the board, but uh, I have an outline, and uh, who knows, you might, might even want to take notes today. Wouldn't that be something? Warm up the pen and take some notes, because I want to talk to you on this Sunday in uh, which I always challenge my people concerning the new year, and that was the first Sunday after Christmas, because when we meet again, it'll be... 2020, won't it? Somebody told me, and you probably have already heard this, that they're trying, or they should be trying, to get Barbara Walters 
to be in Times Square on New Year's Day because obviously then she would be able to say, say and now this is 2020. <laughs> 2020. Most of you got that. That's good. Well, I want to talk to you today about God's word precedes the new year. Let me tell you it again. God's word precedes the new year. It's God being an encourager uh, in our life in 2020. And though I'm going to be talking about the Old Testament, I'm really addressing you. The goal of this uh, sermon is to take what happened then and apply it to you today so that all the time that I'm talking about then, I want you to be thinking about today. How does that apply to me? How's that going to direct my life in the new year? Because I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter how much, how you feel about our nation or where we are as a nation, impeachment, politics, election in 2020, all these things that can be uh, uh, somewhat controversial in the life of our nation, if not extremely controversial. Through all of that, I believe that God has a will and a purpose and a dream for your life as a Christian in the year 2020. So to take a look at that, <clears throat> as God sort of becomes our cheerleader today, I want you to turn to the book of Joshua and the uh, very first chapter of Joshua and beginning with the very first verse. And I want to read to you some incredible words that God gave to Joshua, not at the beginning of a new year, but worse than that, at the beginning of what really would be a new life, a different life, a totally different challenge, an amazing challenge. Uh, that he gave to Joshua. So if you'll stand together this morning, stretch your legs. Um, begin reading with verse 1 of Joshua. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise and cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to which the land which I am given to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. My, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, be careful, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give uh, guidance to this uh, scripture, Lord, this marvelous scripture that stands by itself this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to glean from it, that you would give direction to us now as we break the bread of life. I always ask, Lord, that you would anoint me and speak through me. This is truly the desire of my heart today. And may the word of God be encouraging to those that are here today. May it be challenging to those that are here today. We'll help, Lord, that this word would help us to put in perspective what you want to do in the year 2020. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to just quickly in chapter 1 to show you that what I have told you this morning about God being the encourager of us at the beginning of something brand new, which in this case is the brand new year, which is 2020, I want to read some encouraging words from the scripture I read to you this morning uh, that to give you an idea, I want to give you eight encouraging words that God gave to us this morning from this, from this word, from this scripture. Verse 2, the land I'm about to give to them. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Verse 5 again, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead the people to inherit the land. Verse 7, you may have success wherever you go. Verse 8, then you will be prosperous and successful. And verse 9, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Eight words of encouragement, eight words of strength, eight words given to Joshua at an incredible time in his life. See, these are the encouraging words given to Joshua preceding a most difficult and challenging year. You see, the words of encouragement from God came to Joshua just before God asked him to do an incredible work for God. And that work was take Moses' place. <laughs> I want you to take Moses' place. I want you to take Pastor Don's place. I want you to take the president's place. I want you to take the queen's place. We're talking about an incredible challenge that was put before Joshua, take Moses' place. But that's not all. The crossing of the Jordan into enemy territory. But that's not all. The crossing of the Jordan into enemy territory without Moses. 
But that's not all. The crossing of the Jordan into enemy territory. Oh, and by the way, there's just two and a half million Jews that you are responsible for. <laughs> and this is the very first assignment as a leader for this man by the name of Joshua. Never led before. Never was a leader before. It's his very first pastorate. He comes into his very first pastorate and he finds out that the chairman of the board has died. He comes into his very first assignment and finds out that all of his staff are gone. He comes into his very first assignment, this very first pastorate, and finds out that it's him and him alone. And oh, by the way, the congregation is running two and a half million and you are the leader to lead them into spiritual promised lands. So God gives him eight words of encouragement to set him up before he asks him to do the great work. See, there are those who believe. Now, and I, I wish I could help some people with this, maybe even myself. But there are those who believe that you can get more done by positive reinforcement than negative prodding. That's important here. See, there are those who believe that you can get more done by positive reinforcement rather than negative prodding. God did that here. For in these eight words or verses that I read to you this morning, God takes this man by the name of Joshua and he's going to challenge him and send him off to do this incredible work. And the way that he's going to do it is he's just going to pour his life full of encouragement. He's just going to pack him with encouragement. He's going to tell him enough things that if probably if we were standing there before God that day, we would have said, let's go. Let's get this done. If God has promised all of this, and all this is going to happen. I can't wait to get it started. Let's go. Now, for these eight words or verses of encouragement for the new year, he gives us three great truths to overcome any and all of the new year. Okay? I want you to see this. He gives eight sentences of encouragement to teach us Three great truths concerning the new year that we can take with us. He says three things to Joshua and to us. And the first thing that he says is this. Let go of yesterday. Joshua, if you're going to do what I've said to you, if you're going to take these eight words of encouragement, if you're going to be successful and what I'm asking you to do, you are going to have to let go of yesterday. We find that in verse 1 of the first part and the first part of verse 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, now this is great, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, you would probably think, well, what in the world did he, was Joshua living in a hole or somewhere? I don't understand. Why would he have to tell him that Moses is dead? Well, Moses just kind of disappeared, didn't he? 
In fact, God buried Moses himself. In fact, to this very day, if you take a trip to the Holy Land and they take you to the place where all of this took place, where God spoke to Joshua, they will tell you this is the place that Moses died, but we don't know where he is. We have no idea what happened to his body. We don't know where he was buried. We, we don't know anything about that. All we know is that he died. And so our, our new year will always be less than God's future plans if we live in yesterday. For instance, what did yesterday represent to Joshua? Well, it represented it was... Uh, the fact that this was no ordinary death. If I were standing there and I were Joshua and God was talking to me and we're in the first verses of it, I would say to myself, wait a minute, this isn't just anybody dying. This is Moses, our leader, who is dead. For 40 years, the children of Israel had wandered the wilderness and the leader of all that was a man by the name of Moses and as long as Moses was the leader, there weren't many issues. And all the generation of Joshua that he knew, they had all died. They were all gone. So he had no force behind him uh, that was the majority report that wanted to go into the promised land way before this particular time when it was going to take place. So Joshua was used to people dying, but... This is no ordinary death. This was the greatest leader, perhaps, that Israel had ever known. And so what he was saying to Joshua was, Joshua, you have got to let go of the past. You've got to immediately and purposely let go of the fact that Moses is no longer here. Joshua, you have to let go of yesterday. While the death of Moses left three areas that had to be get, gotten rid of. Did I do that right, Jen? Three areas, not get, gotten, get, gone. He had to eliminate three areas. First of all, he had to let go of high expectations. High expectations. Well, you say, what are you, what are you saying, Pastor? You see, Joshua was just a young man in Egypt when Moses came with the great, great news that God was going to free the Jews. He was going to get them out of the land. And Joshua remembered the dreams that Moses had shared with them. He remembered the vision that Moses had given to them. He remembered the thought of the promised land that God had promised to Moses for the people. He thought about the hope that had driven them day after day after day for 40 years, and he remembered that all of this laid in the hands of one man, and that man's name was Moses. See, God isn't saying that yesterday is bad. In fact, God never tells us that our experiences from, from, from yesterday are bad. In fact, he tells us that we need to learn from yesterday. There are things from yesterday. There are things in 2019 that I learned that I need to apply to my life in 2020. 
If we're growing in the word and growing in the will of God, this is true of all of us. But what he is saying is what Jesus said to us in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. This is what he was saying to Joshua. No one, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. He said, no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Joshua, yesterday is gone. Joshua, learn from yesterday, but Joshua, tomorrow is the target, and if you look back, and believe that somehow Moses is going to reappear and take you out of whatever difficulty you got into, forget it. You have to forget about yesterday. And then secondly, Joshua, I also, I also need you to let go of all... Now this is important. You need to let go of all of the miracles and manifestations that I have shown you through Moses. You're going to have to let that go. See, Joshua was, Joshua was there when God began to pour the plagues out on the people of Egypt. And I was reading through that just a couple months ago. I had been doing some studying in the, in the Old Testament and in the book of Exodus, and I just became enamored with these plagues, and I was reading through each one of them. And i got to tell you, some of these plagues are just absolutely amazing, not because of the plagues that God sent, but the way that he sent them, the way that they affected some people but not other people, the way that it was destroying the Egyptian and all of their animals, but it wasn't touching the Israelites, and all of their animals, I would eat it with just manifestation after manifestation of plagues. It was a miracle that was taking place. He remembered the Passover, the incredible Passover that means so much to my ministry. And I love to preach about the Passover and its, its tie-in between that and the death of Jesus Christ. He remembered the parting of the Red Sea when it looked like they were going to fail and they they all got down there, and, and Moses lifted his staff, and the Red Sea parted, and they went over on dry ground. He remembered when they got out there in the desert, when they, they thought they were going to die from the heat, and God provided a cloud by day and fire by night. Think about it. Have you ever, well, we live in central Texas, don't we? Do you know how hot it gets in central Texas in the summer? Wouldn't it be something if you left the house every day and God just, every time you stepped out the door, there was a cloud? <laughs> Can you see this that just covered you? Just because he just didn't want you to be uncomfortable. He didn't want you to be hot. He didn't want you to die in the heat. He didn't want you to run from air conditioner to air conditioner. That's what he did for God's people. And then he provided them a fire by night. And then he provided a manna, quail from heaven that they might eat. And he, he provided sweet water to drink, a rock spewing water. And, and God says, Joshua, you've got to let go 
of all those incredible things. And if you think that's not true, you need to read on in Joshua as they go into the promised land. And I want to ask you something. Did he send any plagues? Did he do a Passover? Uh, Did he part anything? Uh, Did he send a cloud by day and a fire by night? No, they just... Did he send quail so that they might eat? Nope, they had to start getting their own food, didn't they? Did he send the water? No, they had to dig wells. And one of the great truths of the Bible is reading about these wells that they dug in order to drink. Um, And God says, Joshua, that's not going to happen. I'm sending you in. You have to let go of past miracles. Well, maybe we need to let go. You know, we're trying to get a new pastor, aren't we? Amen? We want God's man or woman, don't we? Amen? Maybe maybe we need to let go of some things to be sure that he gets off to a good start and is successful. Maybe we need to quit talking about the times when we waved the hanky down the aisle. Maybe... uh, Maybe aisle running is just something that might not happen anymore. Uh, Maybe removing the jewelry. (laughs) Come on, Jan. Maybe those hymnals aren't so sacred after all. Am I getting to you yet? Maybe ministers will start wearing suits again. Or maybe they won't. And by the way, what happened to the pews? And where's my Pastor Roger anyway? You see, if we're going to be successful, I'm hoping you're getting this. If we're going to be successful, if God's going to do something in the church, if the man of God is going to be able to be a leader, we're going to have to let go of some past things and begin to ask God what the future holds. Amen? Amen. Well, then he said, you need to also let go, and this is a good one, because we all live here. I live here. This is just for me. I'm just going to speak to myself for a minute. He said, you need to let go of your many frustrations. Well, why didn't we go in the land 40 years ago when I told them to? I was among the spies that went over there, and I came back, and I told them we could do it. I wasn't worried about the giants. Uh, I saw the grapes. I knew what was there, and only two of us said we could do it, and the rest of those fools... Well, why did Moses have to die now? I mean, really? Forty years of rocking around in the desert, and we come to the edge of the promised land, and Moses chooses now to die? Are you serious? And what about all these years of getting nowhere? Did nobody have a GPS? 
40 years of wandering around in the desert? Are you kidding me? Do they not know that one leg is shorter than the other? <laughs> you, this is gonna, if you've never heard this, you're in trouble. Do they not know that one leg is shorter than the other? And if I try to walk in a straight line in an open desert with no target to look at, I'm going to go around in a circle? Or maybe he's talking about insecurities that we all have. Or maybe inferior complex or feeling inadequate. But essentially it's that thing, if I had done it, if it had been done my way, if they'd have just listened to me, you got to let go of that. Curtis Vance, Curtis Cyrus Vance, who's the great, uh, the great man behind the desk of the Saturday Evening Post, which if you never got a chance to read the Saturday Evening Post, it was a good one. It's a magazine for young people. Magazines are things that, well, he had this sign on the back of his desk. This is what it said. Yesterday ended last night. (laughs) That's the only sign he had there. Yesterday ended last night. Don't you think Joshua thought that way the morning after Moses was dead? Listen to this quote. I want to read it for you. I wish I had the source. It's something I wrote down one time and just didn't put the source down. So whoever wrote this, thank you. This is what it says. Any person can fight the battle of just one day. It is only when you and I add the burden of two awful eternities, yesterday and tomorrow, that we tremble. It's not the experiences of today that drive us to distractions. It's the remorse or the bitterness of something that happened yesterday, or it is the dread of what might happen tomorrow and what tomorrow might bring. Let us therefore live one day at a time and let us take advantage of the precious moments of today. God said, Joshua, first of all, you have to let go of yesterday. But then the second thing that he says to them is this. He says, Joshua, for the year ahead, you need to claim God's promises. And it's a threefold thing. He said, first of all, you have to claim my will for your life. If you would just claim my will for your life, the new year has some tremendous potential of being successful. Look at verses 2 and 3. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Did you know that through Scripture, and I've, I've said this before since I've been here this, this, this time, That scripture, prayer, godly people, circumstances, preaching, reveal God's will to us. And when God reveals his will to us, we need to understand that we can claim it. And I think the problem with Christians today is that we receive God's will and we know it. And the problem is we just never get around to doing it. And I know that because of revivals. 
I've been with people at the altar revival and they'll be there at the altar and they're making promises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to change this. This is going to be different. Two weeks later, they're just like they were. What would have happened to those people if they had claimed that day at that altar what God had called them to through the spoken voice in a revival? Then secondly, claim God's promise by claim God's power and presence in your life. Look what it says in verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This gives confidence to our lives. If you go to the New Testament in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says this. Because it's talking to you instead of Joshua. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we see with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? <laughs> and we could add it on to that, empowered by God and called by God. And then we need to claim God's promises by claiming his prosperity and success for your life. Now, I'm not a prosperity preacher, so I'm not going there. <clears throat> but what I will say this, what God calls you to do, he intends for you to be successful at and makes it possible for that to happen. Verse 7, that you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua, don't worry. There's all kinds of enemies over there, all kinds of trials, all kinds of problems. The Hittites are over there. The Amorites are over there. They're all over there. But remember this. You go, and you will be successful wherever you go, regardless of the enemy. Genesis 1.27 tells us that God expects us to be successful right at the very beginning of the Bible. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let me just read a portion of it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. But he didn't just stop there. Fill the earth and Subdue it, <laughs> rule over it, etc., etc., etc. And then the last condition to overcome the challenge of the new year, he says, and he says, you, by meeting my conditions. And then he gives us the conditions. Only he only gives us the condition. All these other points he had. Conditions. This one, he just has a condition, just one thing. Listen to what he says in verse 8. Do not let this book, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then, or he could have said, and only then, but then you will be prosperous and successful. Know it in your head. Stow it in your heart. <laughs> Show it in your life. Read it to the world. Let the word speak out, and you will be successful. Zig Ziglar told his son the story of David and Goliath. And he asked his son, after telling the story of David and Goliath, he asked him, he said, which one, David or Goliath, had the most courage? And his son said, Goliath. Did you hear me, son? <laughs> Which is what a minister would do. Did you hear me, son? Which one, David or Goliath, had the most courage? Goliath, sir. Well, why? And his son replied, because it takes a lot more courage to go to battle without God than it does to go to battle with God. <laughs> That's what God was telling Joshua, wasn't it? That's what he was telling him. Again, today I tell you, with God's encouragement, I bravely take on 2020 by letting go of any of the past that could hinder my future by claiming God's promises and by meeting his one and only condition, and that is to stay daily in the word for my life in the year ahead. Now I have to be realistic in closing this morning and tell you something because you might have already been thinking it. You know, it's easier, could we admit this? It's easier to have courage for you in 2020 than it is to have courage for me. I've just found that to be true. See, I'm a longtime pastor. And I'm one of those pastors that when people was have, were having surgery at the hospital, I was there before they were. I got to know the receptionist at the desk at Scott and White Hospital. She knew who I was, and she knew why I was there. And she said, who are you waiting for on the list today? And I would give her the name, and she'd say, well, they're due here. And i say, I know when they're due here. I just wanted to be sure and be here. And that's the kind of pastor I was. And I want you to know this morning as a pastor, I can go to the hospital and God has gifted me in this area. I can make you feel good if they're taking your heart out. I can. Well, they're going to take your leg off, but look at it this way. See, I can do that. I'm good at that. But I got to tell you, in 2008, when I was laying on my table and I had 
special appointments by the anesthesiologist because this was no ordinary surgery. And he told me that I would be under for nine hours and that they would be flipping me and all the dangers of all of that. That's when your faith is tested. Amen? So I admit the fact that it's easy for me to stand here this morning and I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you and tell you that if you do all these things I've said to you this morning, I believe with all of my heart, 2020 will go well for you. I'm reminded of the two boys who go to the dentist to have the tooth pulled. Did you hear about this? And Jack and Tommy, they go to the dentist to have the tooth pulled, and Jack said, pull it fast. We don't need any anesthesia. We're in a hurry. Just pull it. And the dentist says, well, which one is it? And Jack said, show them, Tommy, which one it is. <laughs> Amen. Well, we need to apply this to ourselves, don't you? We need to stop living in the past. We need to claim his promises for today. And we need to meet his condition that we're going to stay under the leading of God the Father himself through his word and all the voices that he uses to speak to us to take us in and through the new year. And I'm going to tell you, folks, that's the best chance you have of having a happy new year. At your best shot. The word says so. We're going to sing this morning, and if you'd like to pray about the new year, or pray about maybe something that the Lord spoke to you about this morning, we invite you to come while they sing this morning.
But Lord, we enter into our world for the new year with the leading of God upon our life, and that's all we need. I wish, Lord, I knew what was going to happen to our nation in this serious election year. But Lord, I'm thankful that you are the one that's taking me there and leading my life. I don't know what's going to happen, Lord, with this church in the year that is ahead, but as a congregation, we're thankful, Lord, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord of our lives and Lord of our future. I pray for the families, Lord. Families transition every year. Friends transition every year. But, Lord, I'm thankful this morning that we have got a wonderful Savior who is calling us to forgetting the past, to step forward in your will and your purpose under the leading of your word that we might have fulfillment and success. We claim this this morning in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you and a very happy new year. We'll see you next Sunday.